mindfulness mode. Always know that you do have that team and start experimenting with asking them for help. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. You're in mindfulness mode with me, your host and mindfulness life coach, Bruce Langford. Mindful Tribe, we have talked to a number of intuitives and I'm really excited to talk to my guest today. She's a reader, she's a a spiritual intuitive, a clairvoyant, just a fascinating woman. I'm here today with India Lee. India, are you in mindfulness mode today? Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. Well, I'm going to share a little bit more about your bio. It says that you've been given gifts to help clearly understand the messages being sent to you by your guides. And using your skills, you will help people to connect more deeply through divine interguidance. And you'll also empower empower your clients in coming into more connection with your own divine energy and creative power. And I'm just really interested to talk to you. So tell me what mindfulness means to you, India. Thank you. Well, what it means to me is being connected. Um, It's that sense of feeling like you're connected with your own um, guidance that's coming from within, not your mind necessarily, but but that, that higher guidance and connected to whatever you perceive as a higher power. And India, I want to know about some of the some of the individuals you've assisted and helped through your your intuitive abilities. Can you share a story with us about someone that has really transitioned because of your help? Hmm. Well, the most wonderful experience I can have is connecting with someone who has been getting little tickles, you know, from their guides. Like I'll I'll have someone who knows that, well, I've been seeing synchronicities. I've been seeing signs. I know that I'm being sent these. I know it can't just be coincidence. When people reach that point where they realize this cannot just be coincidence that, you know, every time I'm having a crisis, I see a red bird or, you know, every time something's going on, I, I get these tingles in my body and I just know that that's not just happening. And they get the sense that some something someone's communicating with them, but they need some help still to really close that connection and understand what's being said. And that's where I come in because my role and my joy is to help people understand, sort of like a translator, understand what their guides are saying to them, what their own higher self is saying to them. And, and understand how they can use it. And that happens in every single one of my readings, but I particularly enjoy the ones that are kind of first time, um, you know, experiencers of this stuff. And then my ultimate purpose is to help people um, not need any kind of reader or any kind of um, intervention to understand what, what Spirit's saying to them. Have you had clients come to you and said, you know, I never believed in any of this stuff, but so many strange coincidences are coming up in my life that I just needed to talk to someone. Yes, absolutely. That's many people. And sometimes it's even scary because sometimes people will come and they'll be like, wow, I know that that something's being communicated to me, but it's like this sense of, I hope nothing's wrong, or what are they trying to tell me? What's going to happen? Sometimes people can mistake the guidance for kind of warnings from the divine, because it can feel like, you know, and we get conditioned a lot that readings are going to tell you something bad's going to happen, or, you know, that, that, oh, watch out for this or that. And it's not really about that, because readings 
are not telling you the future. We always get to choose our own future. We always get to choose our own unfoldment, you know, of, of this life. And it, it is more about hearing the guidance that's there for you. It's like a helpful teacher will say, you know, you can make this choice, you can make that choice. Here's all the information. And that's what the guidance is doing. But yeah, your guides and your own higher self will definitely turn things up and make it undeniable so that you have to understand what's happening because, you know, your guides very much want you to, to get it so that you can make those really informed choices for yourself. So India, if someone is listening, maybe even for the first time today, and they're thinking your guides, your guides, mm -hmm. like, what mm -hmm. does that mean? Can you explain <laughs> that to us? I know that's something where I, you know, because I, I talk about them and to them every day, I kind of talk like everybody does and just say they and they and I, I kind of have to remember to back up and say who they is. But every single person does have a team of guides. And, you know, it's not important that you move into like a believing of that or an embracing of that. It's definitely not important that you know who each one of them is. What's important is that you just know you're supported. If you think back on your life, you, every single person can think of many examples of, I know someone was with me. Wow, that car wreck should have been bad or should have happened. But something happened and I experienced intervention. That's your guides. And you can, you know, if you're not into super um, get, getting into all of this guide stuff, you can just think of it as your own higher self or as, as the divine or however you connect, just the higher power. But, um, but we do all have this team. And it is made up of angels, people who have crossed over, spirit guides, and they're all with you. And it can be very comforting as you continue to explore. You will get to know them. You will get to know those different energies and how each one communicates to you. Um, if you have someone who's crossed over, who's always with you, they might, might always send you a certain significant sign. And you can, you can know, oh, every time I'm seeing this, I feel the chills in my body and I'm connecting with this person on the other side. And it can just help to deepen your, your practice of communicating with them. Well, I've talked to quite a number of people who feel as though, you know, someone that they loved passed passed over and then they feel as though that person is still with them but what about someone who is feeling as though they're getting some kind of negative or evil messages mm. does does that kind of thing happen that's a great question and lately as more be people become aware of the tool of divination of of whether it's cards or or speaking to a clairvoyant or just hearing messages yourself it can come with some fear first it's important to recognize that's all conditioning that's all uh, messages that we've gotten from those who are sort of lovingly saying be careful because they're watching out for our well-being whether it's like a grandmother way back you know oh just stay away from that um, but the most important thing to understand is when you're connecting with anything spirit based your intention determines what you're connecting with. And if you're connecting from a place of fear or from, oh, I don't know, and I don't want this and I don't want that, it may draw in energies that don't feel so great because all types of energies are out there. But if you're connecting from a place of, I would like all of these messages to be for my greatest good and highest purpose, and I'm interested only in connecting with guidance that's for my greatest good and highest purpose, that's what you're going to experience because it's all about, again, our choice. So it's just important to recognize if I have fear, okay, what's that about? You know, where did that come from? 
And then just recognizing that that's going to determine, just like when we talk about manifestation and you focus on what you don't want, I don't want this, I don't want that, and you're unconsciously drawing that in because you're focusing on that thing you don't want, it works the same way with guidance. You know, just focus on the type of guidance you would like to have. Right. I don't know if numerology is one of your one of your areas, but one of the things that happens for me personally, and it's been happening for a long time now, is it seems like every time I turn around, every time I look up, I look at the clock and it's one eleven or it's eleven eleven. Or I look at the speedometer on my car and I'm going hundred and eleven yeah. kilometers per hour. Like what is it with all these ones? And that's the thing that can sometimes make people crazy, like, what is this? It's just happening too much for it to be a coin incidents what are they trying to tell me and it can feel like oh are they trying to warn me about something what's going on um 111 is one of the most uh recognizable angel numbers that is a very distinctive way of the of your angels specifically i mean guides yes but specifically angels letting you know that they are with you so the way that happens because people will say well what do you mean i just you know how did the angels make me look at the clock well it it's it's knowing that your own higher self, your own higher knowing is always connected to your guides and to those angels. And, and it's sort of like having, uh, if you had like a super long antenna that could pick up radio signals and you could actually hear things that were happening, but from that long antenna, it's like when they used to talk about people picking up things in their feelings. <laughs> it's like you have that sense. And so on some level, that's not your human senses, that's not your eyes ear, you know, and ears and all that you're picking up a little thing that says, hey, look at the clock right now. And you look, and even though you didn't consciously hear that, you look. And that's a sign, that's your angel saying, see, we're with you, we're letting you know. That's a little sign that you're connected, that you're listening. And that's one of the most common ways that your guides are like, yes, you're on track, you're doing it, do more of this. India, I'm so fascinated about how you got into this work. Did you do, did you have a different career before and then you transitioned? Yeah, Tell us about absolutely. that. Absolutely. For decades, I was a writer and an editor for newspapers and magazines. And I was just doing my, my deadline thing and getting headaches and getting, <laughs> getting stomach aches and stressing <laughs> out all the time and loving it, but like on a very adrenaline based level. And I started noticing, wow, this is making me really sick. This is making me feel really bad. And, and the stress I'm carrying about this job I like to do is really starting to have a toll on me. So I started feeling into um, the mindfulness-based practices, yoga and meditation and things like that. And then that opened the door for just learning more about listening to your higher guidance but like a lot of people, my true like, you know, avalanche into this stuff happened through crisis. Um, and for me, it was through just having a lot of anxiety at a crescendo point in my life at about 40 years, 41 years old. And I was using um, hypnosis, self-hypnosis to qu calm my mind and to get into a place of being able to be less anxious. And through that practice of every day, listening to that self-hypnosis and really working on calming my mind, the guidance just started coming in like a lightning bolt because it was time and because my mind got out of the way. And so at that point, I just shifted gears, got away from the career, sort of decided that was done, and then just started with the people around me saying, I think I'm getting a message for you. Can I give this to you? And they'd be like, sure. And I'd get confirmation through that. And then more and more, my guides built my confidence to say, 
you need to offer this. This is what you're supposed to do. So before I knew it, it became a second career. <laughs> and I'm always just as surprised every day that that's still happening. <laughs> Well, this is fascinating. It really is. And uh, you talked about self-hypnosis, so I want to just zero in on that a little bit. I'm a trained mm -hmm. hypnotist, so I, I do self-hypnosis and then I help others with hypnosis. Are you a trained hypnotist or where did you yeah. learn about hypnotism? I would hypnotism? love to be. That is a goal of mine. Um, there's something called angel hypnosis where you can actually, you know, use hypnosis to help deliver angel messages and heal healing. I would love to do that, but I'm in the process of learning. I um, discovered Stephen Gergovich and his um, recorded hypnosis tools. He works with Dr. Andrew Weil, and I discovered um, a book he had written called Hypnosis House Call, and that really helped me learn how to use it on my own, and I've never actually worked with a professional, um, well, I think one time I did, and I would love to do more of that, but this was really just using them as I'm going to sleep or using them as I'm trying to meditate, and it has helped so much just to make such a huge difference in you know my mental patterns and what happens and even now as I'm doing this work every day and I'm tuning in I can still find the mental anxiety taking over and I'll go oh I haven't done the self-hypnosis in a while I haven't done that for myself in a while I need to do it yeah I find mm -hmm. self-hypnosis is just amazing I use it every day and uh, I want to ask you when you were a child when you were seven years old for example was there any foreshadowing when you think back now that you may have worked in this field yeah yeah when I was exactly that age I I checked out a book from the library on ESP as we used to call it in the 70s, you know, and extra sensory perception. And I became so obsessed. I mean, I rechecked out that book probably four times and read it over and over again about telepathy and clairvoyance and all these things. And I was like, wow, there's other senses. And I think at that time I was aware on some level that I had them, but I was, or well, we all have them, but that I had more access to them um, than maybe, you know, someone might realize they had. But I, but, I, you know, back then there just really wasn't a lot of <laughs> guidance for that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. And when you say that, I think back myself and I think, yeah, I read a book when I was a kid about um, a, a, another sense and how people could could tell what other people were thinking and that kind of thing. I'm not sure what the book was, but it's it does bring book. back a memory. <laughs> probably. <laughs> the same library book. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Very interesting. And so yeah. now do you do this work full time or do you still work in another field? No, I do this full time and this is a time of great awakening. You know, we're going, we are technically in that age of Aquarius now where everyone, because of everything we've gone through as a planet, is coming into some state of higher awareness. So it's actually a great time to be doing this full time because people are, it, it is in demand. It's something that people want to learn more about. You, you, you see everywhere you look, you know, people going, oh, I'm reading the cards. I'm using the cards. And people are awakening to their own gifts or I'm, I've been receiving messages. And everyone needs some um, help and guidance or even just confirmation that this is what's happening. So it's, it's been a wonderful time to do this. Well, India, I want Mindful Tribe to know exactly where to find you. And I know your website is indialee.com, I-N-D-I-A, and Lee is spelled L-E-I-G-H, indialee.com. Now, India, what can we expect to see when we go to your website? 
Thank you. Well, you'll see um, different options for the ways that you can experience a reading. If it's if it's something where you're trying it for the first time and you're just not sure, I have options where I can connect with your energy and send you a recording of the messages that are coming through without us having to be face to face. But if you're ready for a face to face reading, we can do that via Zoom or you know via via video chat. And um, yeah, there's just it's a time for you to just hear whatever's coming through for you for your highest good you don't have to have questions you don't have to have a clear idea it's just you're going to get something that's useful to you so india what part of the world are you based out of i'm in georgia i'm in the atlanta area oh okay yeah. okay well i'm i'm just really fascinated with what you're doing every day how do you find the people i know that you go on podcasts and people yeah. find you but are there other ways too well, it has been very divine because, um, you know, it's all been very spirit led uh, from the beginning. It's just been, um, you know, that thing where you'll open up and then before you know it, someone happens into your life and you're like, wow, they do this. And that is um, part of that higher self work, which is when we're in a higher vibration, when we're listening to our calling, the people that we're connected to on a soul level who are also doing this important work, they are really brought in like a beacon. It's like a bat signal or something. And so, you know, we are just drawn into each other's realities. And I've had a lot of that of being drawn into a community online where we can connect. Um, definitely Facebook has been huge and, you know, all the social media has been huge for connecting with other people who are interested in this. And what I find beautiful is it was something where you have these little spiritual communities that are kind of steeped in all of this stuff of the the other um, levels, other dimensions and all that. And now, like I said, it's becoming much more widely um okay and it's been a beautiful experience to just sort of be able to serve as sort of a translator for people who maybe have never done anything like this you don't have to go full woo woo to experience your messages you know you don't have to jump off any kind of diving board and go well I guess I'm gonna burn sage all the time now and you can just be normal <laughs> and still get yes. and still have your guides talk to you yeah yeah, well, I I do a lot of coaching, mindfulness coaching, and of course, I use my hypnosis in my coaching and help people that way with mind blocks. But a lot of my clients seem to have money blocks. Mm. So let's talk about money blocks. Yeah. Why do you think so many people seem to have these? And what are your thoughts on mm -hmm. this? Well, we are taught to have them. It is very much a conditioned uh, mindset of lack that we are brought into. And that's why you'll see these stories of people where you're like, wow, they just did it. Like, you know, you see Oprah and it's like, she just did it. She came from poverty and she just aligned with what she's living now. And now she's living it because this was someone who was just able to, you know, uh, not take on any conditioning or mental blocks. But most of us are, are very susceptible as children to, you know, this is just the way things are and, and looking around and saying, oh, well, my parents seem to live this way. The people around me seem to live this way. And this is just going to be my ceiling. I can't go any higher than this, or I can't do more than this. We even feel like if we do more than what we've seen before, we're betraying um, the people we came from in some way, or we're um, somehow put making ourselves a target you know, of, oh, if I try to shine too brightly, I'm going to, someone's going to try to hurt me. And we get all of these ideas around what it is to receive more and, and that, and we get a lot of ideas that it's a bad thing. So the, 
the hypnosis is so beautiful hypnosis for receiving abundance and just rewiring those unconscious or subconscious beliefs that we aren't supposed to have more or that we shouldn't have more because the truth is that in the divine mindset or the divine way there more is always good because expansion is always good the universe wants to expand the universe wants to change there is no limit on that so a desire to have more and more and more is actually a good thing and a divine thing as long as it's coming from a place of wanting to expand and not a place of fear of i want more because i want to be safe or i want to be you know um the best or whatever it is, if it's coming from a place of expansion, and I want more so I can expand more and so I can flow that out to others, then there is no limit on what you can receive, no matter who you are. Right. I, I just love how you explain this, your communication skills. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like so many people have these voices in their head and i've done bullying prevention work for over 10 years and and i find that you know people think bullies are all always other people but so often we are bullying ourselves and we have this self-bullying dialogue going on what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on this self-bullying that we often yeah, do it is the just the biggest hurdle to overcome inside of all of us. And that is the thing where you can achieve however much success externally that you can. But if you still have that voice inside bullying you, you'll always face that. So it, it is first recognizing, oh, this is something that I picked up from other people. Because in those first few, few years of life, we're being programmed hardwired, very much like a computer. This is what I'm able to receive this is what I am because what choice do we have we're looking around we're little beings are going to collect information about who we are and about who we are in relation to other people that is just sort of unchangeable in some ways it's just going to be in there. And then the key is to always update the software of that computer because Spirit's always showing me, you know, our, our mind is that closed circuit of this is what was put in there. This is what was hard, hardwired. And then our guidance or our soul um, knowing is the internet. It is what, what we can access with that machine of the mind, but it has all the answers. It has all the possibilities. So the most important part is just recognizing, oh, that part that kind of has the voice that bullies me is my hardwiring. I'm going to access broader information about myself and about the possibilities that go beyond that hardwiring. The mistake we can make is in thinking we're going to eradicate that hardwiring because it really never goes anywhere. But what uh, my guides show me is it, be, it can become like an old lady or old man in the back seat of a car that's always going to just say whatever it says because it's just going to say that. But we can choose to go, ah, I hear that. All right. Well, whatever. I'm going to turn up the radio that says I can do more and I can expand beyond that. And that's not all of who I am. And that was something that was just put in my hardwiring when I was young. Well, I'm curious if you have a bullying situation you can share. Maybe you were bullied as a child, maybe as an adult, maybe you have a story you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference. <laughs> well, for me, um, I think I learned early on the avoidance tactics for myself. So it was looking around and saying, ooh, this type of mistreatment is possible in the world, but if I 
look pleasant enough or if I am pleasing enough or if I can just sort of, you know, stay under the radar, then I'll be spared from that. And so for me, it was more of an avoidance tactic of I'm just not going to get in that. I'm going to avoid that. And when and when things did sort of hit me in the face, I think I learned um, to almost defer to those other people in a way of going like, Mm, oh, they think this of me. Let's see what I can do about that. <laughs> Maybe I need to change this or change that. So mindfulness would have helped me if if way back then there had been a sense of, you know, you are you and what, who you are is uh, completely independent of what anybody else's perception is. Because I think I got a blurry idea of other people's perception versus my own reality. So it would have helped to have a clear idea of like, yeah, the other people are going to say and see things, but that's not your reality. I've heard that there's something actually called the good girl syndrome. Mm -hmm. And can you talk about that? (laughs) Do you think that maybe that's something that uh, that too many women get caught up in? Absolutely. And uh, one of the pivotal books for me was by Cheryl Richardson, and it's called The Art of Extreme Self-Care. And she writes about that good girl syndrome and how we as women and especially, you know, women of around this age did get the idea that your role is to be pleasing and your role is to um, not cause waves and to go with and, you know, and, and of course that has led to all kinds of things that now we're going on the other end of the pendulum with. Um, But, uh, but the key is, getting to that place, getting to that little child essence and saying, well, you know, let's, let's look at what good is. You are looking for good as approval from other people. If you change that to, I'm already approved of by the divine or by myself, or, you know, I don't need that external approval that, and sort of training yourself through giving yourself validation in different ways. That's why self-care is so important. I'm going to take wonderful care of myself. I'm not going to sacrifice my needs for the sake of others or for the sake of some idea of what others need. That can rewire um, that sense of needing the approval from the outside. Because then that leads to all this resentment of other people when they don't give it to you or if they don't give it to you enough. And, you know, that leads to a lot of bitterness in, in women particularly. Well, I read a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling kind of ill when I read some of that and thinking, oh my gosh, some of this sounds very much like me. I don't want to be Mr. Nice Guy. I don't want that at all. I don't want to be miserable to other people. I want to be respectful to other people, but I don't want people to perceive me as, oh, you know, he's just so goody, goody, or he's such a nice guy. Is it the same, Mm -hmm. the nice guy syndrome for men as what you've talked about for women, or is there a difference? Well, it is all about avoiding negativity. And it is at the core, this is the really unpleasant part we discover, is that it is a form of manipulation. It's self-manipulation and it's manipulation of others because it is about trying to control an outcome. That's what we're doing. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to control what we experience So we see like, wow, there's all these negative possibilities out there. How can I reduce the chances of these happening to me? And we discover, oh, well, if I'm super nice or if I'm super pleasing, that's going to reduce these chances of these things happening. And then 
that often can lapse into perfectionism, then we get frustrated that we can't control like that, that these quote, bad things or unpleasant things still happen to us. And it's like, and that's when the nice guy can kind of snap and go like, no matter what I do, these things are happening or the pleasing woman can kind of get resentful and go, wow, it's never enough. So that's the key is realizing like there is no point at which we're going to be able to 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 control the outside world or control our own experience of it. So let's move more into letting ourselves just be ourselves and giving ourselves the message that we can handle whatever is going to happen, whatever is coming our way, because we are supported in that. But it is it is a hard bridge to cross when, <laughs> when you get there. Yeah, India, that's really good <laughs> advice. I really appreciate that. Uh, I want to I want to ask you about your morning routine and specifically about meditation. Do you meditate every day? Well, you know, it's over time, it's it gets woven into the fabric of your day so much that it gets to be less of a okay, this is the time when I meditate, although that's always really important, and more of a weaving meditation into every moment in different ways. I will say that um, first thing in the morning, when my eyes first open, the most important thing that I believe anybody can do is to notice that the thoughts are trying to come in right away because they'll come in the minute you open your eyes, the minute you're conscious, those thoughts want to get going because they want to control the day. Your mind wants to go, well, here's what we're going to do. So the first thing, the most powerful thing anybody can do when you first wake up is go, oh, I don't know. I don't know what the day ahead's going to bring. I don't know what's going to be brought to me. I am sure it's going to be wonderful in whatever way it is, even if it's challenging, because I know I'm supported. And then to say, please show me, please show me, you know, just say that to whoever you connect with. Please show me the signs you want me to see, the guidance you want me to see. And to affirm, you know, today I'm being supported in my highest and greatest good. Doing that right away can make all the difference in a day. I mean, I can wake up and have a horrible headache and feel really, you know, in instant state of dread. But if I say, Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. And I know I'm supported. Please show me how this is true. It just changes everything. It sometimes takes a little while, like a couple hours or whatever, feeling unsure, but it always will kick in if you're really, you know, open to that. India, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just just 30 second answers are perfect. Here's the first question for you. And that is, who is one person who has made a huge difference in your life when it comes to the topic of mindfulness? I have had a yoga teacher who is just so um, huge in that. Her name is Wanda Devon, and I connected with her years ago. And just her way and her still essence and, you know, just being able to go to that yoga studio and be in a place that felt safe and calm and, and be able to expand in that was so helpful. Number two is about your emotions. How have you noticed how you perceive your emotions to have changed over time, over, mm-hmm. you know, as a result of mindfulness? Mm-hmm. The idea that I could not control them was was the you know shattering that idea was the biggest change because you you say you know you get to be in your 30s and you go well I guess I'm just an anxious person I guess I'm just a fearful person that's just who I am and I think noticing and going huh that can actually change I don't have to identify with that I have a choice I can make and and realizing that even emotions are um 
things that don't have to rule you, you are going to feel them, but you don't have to let them control everything and also realizing that they serve you even when they're really, really hard. They're leading you to something. Number three is about breathing, and we haven't talked about breathing much today, but let's just talk about breathing and how that is part of your mindfulness practice. Well, it's the quickest way to get into the moment, because if you if you are going in a million directions and your mind is terrorizing you in whatever way, if you just take a minute and take a really intentional deep breath and pay attention to it, it can fully bring you into that moment. And with the self-hypnosis and with the hypnosis, of course, that's the key sort of hook into it is take that deep breath and then you're there. So it is sort of a doorway to get into the moment at any time. I love that you've already mentioned a couple of books here on in the interview, Hypnosis House Call and The Art of Extreme Self-Care. Are there any other books that come to mind that you would recommend in the area of mindfulness? Hmm. I love Glennon Doyle because she speaks from the perspective of just a sort of regular person who learned to be more connected and in touch with her true self. And that's something any of us can understand is that process of being someone you're not being someone you are taught you're supposed to be, you're sort of wearing a mask, and then moving into that place of being more authentic in yourself and being able to be comfortable and connected in that. India, are there any apps you use or that your clients use that you would recommend to our listeners in the area of mindfulness? There is one called Insight Timer that's really wonderful for um, having a short meditation. And there's a yoga app just called Five Minute Yoga that I love because no matter where you are, if you just pull it up and do one of those poses, you just instantly get into a a more mindful place. You don't even have to do a full practice. Okay. Well, thank you for answering those five questions. I really appreciate that. And there, I have another question in mind, but it doesn't need to be a 30 second answer. And that is that, you know, I'm located here in Canada and there's a lot of uh, focus and a lot of talk on Black Lives Matter. And I know there has been in the United States, really a lot of focus on that. And I have I've asked various guests about their thoughts on this topic and how it relates to mindfulness and this kind of thing. And then I got a, a message from one of my listeners who is a, a devout listener. He's really uh, loves the show. But he said, hey, I started to notice that you're only asking black people mm. about this question. And I'm like, hey, mm. yeah, like, you're right. Why am I not talking about this with just anyone because this is an issue that we all should be thinking about and talking about there should be dialogue what are your thoughts about how we can improve the world in this whole area of uh, prejudice mm -hmm. and you know racial injustice and and everything that's going on it brings so much awareness to the idea of pol polarity and of separateness because whether we're talking about men and women or different races. This is all about seeing other people as separate and seeing ourselves on another polarity than someone else. And what we're realizing and what this entire past year has shown us so beautifully, and of course before that, but really it's come to a crescendo this past year, is that there is no separateness, there is no polarity, and that wherever we see that, it's an invitation to feel into ourselves because the ego will always try to push away the aspects of itself that it's afraid of onto someone else. 
So, you know, whether that aspect is powerlessness, like in this case, feeling powerless, feeling somehow dominated, we want to push that our ego wants to assign that to someone else. Um, you know, it happens with the, the men and women thing too, where it's like, you know, anything that, that women are uncomfortable with in themselves, they might want to push off on men and vice versa. And so this is an opportunity to come into more awareness of how is that in me? How, what, what am I, you know, cause that's the key to all the spirit messages is look within yourself, the whole, um, beautiful purpose of this human life is to explore ourselves as a whole universe and learn as much about ourselves as we possibly can. So anything that takes that focus off of other and puts it back on ourselves is, is so expanding. Thank you for those words. Your website, indialee.com, L-E-I-G-H. If we wanted to connect with you on social media, where would you suggest we head? Okay, well, I'm on Facebook at India Lee on Facebook and also Instagram at India4777. And um, I have a lot of videos on YouTube at India Lee on YouTube um, where I post readings that you might resonate with and meditations and things like that. Okay, well, we'll head over there. Thank Do you, you have any last words of advice for, for people just wanting to live a more grounded, more mindful life? I would say just always know that you do have that team and start experimenting with asking them for help even more because we do get conditioned into thinking we have to do things on our own and that we're supposed to do things on our own, even that we're expected to by the divine and to just start practicing asking for more help and support even in the little things and you will find that, that deeper connection and you'll be surprised at how much is there for you. India, thanks so much for being on Mindfulness Mode today. Thank you for having me. I loved it. You're welcome. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thanks for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. And thanks to Erica Flint's Cascade Hypnosis Center for being our valued sponsor. Hey, Erica, we really appreciate you. And Erica is a terrific teacher of hypnosis. And I know that because I am a graduate of her program. Now, if you're a healer or a coach or a counselor or someone who just loves helping people, consider the powerful results that can be achieved with hypnosis. You can become a hypnotist just like I did. Contact the team over at CascadeHypnosisCenter.com. And if you'd like to work with me and break through some of those mind blocks, maybe lose weight, maybe quit smoking, maybe it's something else, I would be so thrilled to work with you. Don't put it off. Do it right now. Send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. That's bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. And we will get you on track and we will help you to move toward the goals that you've always wanted to achieve. So now take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.